How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird, I just love this, also has found a house and then swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, how blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I'd rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. And I'd like to read another psalm as well, Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. God has designed and put in each one of us a DNA that causes our spirit to yearn for him. Even I have even talked with people who are not saved, but they got saved, who weren't not saved, but they are saved, but they had a yearning inside of them for something greater, something larger, something smarter, something wiser, something that would fulfill their desire. This morning, I want to encourage you that you are blessed. 
God looks at you and he says, blessed. I'm not talking about a get-rich scheme. I'm talking about the blessing of God, the favor of God, his face shining on you, and that is his response, that is his posture, that is his position to you and I as children of the king. Our Father looks at us with love. As parents, how many of us as parents would do whatever we could for our children to help them, to bless them, to see them strong, to see them healthy, to see them succeed? And the Heavenly Father, he says, if you as parents, as earthly parents, would do those things, how much more your Heavenly Father Blessed, happy, fortunate, enviable, prosperous. And in one of the translations it talks about or it says is the, is the person who goes after the one. This last year and a half... I don't want to keep harping on this last year and a half, but at the same time, that's life. COVID and everything else, that, that is life. And if we don't learn how to cope or what we do in those times, we will be doomed to repeat them, whether it's another pandemic or whether it's a pandemic in our soul. If we don't learn how to push and pursue and to seek after the king who already has his favor for you, we will repeat that. I've been talking to a few people and one of the, the thoughts that we've had is we need to learn who we are in Christ. Whose we are and who we are. Because I know too many believers that walk around with a complex that says, I don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything, but he gives you. This thing called grace is scandalous. This thing called grace, it's scandalous. It gives you favor when you didn't even deserve it. It gives you life when everything else said death. It gives you peace when everything is turmoil. This thing called grace, this person who is grace, gives you things that you and I could never achieve. Never, We, just, we wouldn't know how to do it. And what does he do? He says, here, I want to tell you something. You're blessed. Blessed is the man. You want to know how to live a blessed life? I'll give you three points. First of all, watch where you walk. Watch where you walk. Don't walk in the advice, the counsel of social media. I mean, if this Bible was written in 2021, it would say that. Don't walk in the counsel of Facebook. 
Don't walk in the counsel of this. Walk in the counsel of God. I've noticed something as I read this chapter. Where you walk, you will end up standing. And where you stand, you will end up sitting. And where you sit, you will end up becoming scornful. I've only used five minutes of my time. (laughs) Who here wants to walk a blessed life? Get your pencils out. I'm going to give you three points. As Dr. Brown would say, three points in a poem. Well, I'm not poetic, but I'll give you three points. Don't walk in the counsel of someone who does not love God. If they don't love God, don't take your counsel from them. You say, well, I know that, I know, but yet, you know what? We end up doing it. I'll tell you how I found it. When I've been confused and had questions, it's amazing who you start trying to find answers from. God, why didn't you do this? And then you start looking around. And if you're not careful, you start checking things out that have no God in them. I don't even know if they have a little G God. They got like no God, no good, and I got nothing in them. And what happens is you start asking questions. And if you're not careful and you bring it back to the, the word of God, you start chasing after things. There is no good other than God. You say, well, there is good, yes, but it's God. If your framework of good does not include God, I would suggest to you that it's not good. Point number one, watch out where you walk. Who is speaking into your life? Who is the one or the ones that are speaking life, death, advice into your life? Because if it does not contain God and if it is not God, stay away from it. I'm preaching to a number of seasoned believers here this morning. Seasoned is another way of saying a little older than me. And a few of you are not yet as seasoned as me, meaning younger. But you know what? When you face something you can't figure out, and we all do, we all come up to situations. Some people would call it a crisis of faith. Some other people would call it disappointments. But when you come up against something that doesn't match what you thought or what you believed or what you expected, if you're not careful, you will start chasing after the counsel of something that's not God. And you will walk after that, and you'll start to spout it. You'll start to say it. You'll start to speak it. Don't go where the counsel of God is not. Point number two. 
If you start walking that way, eventually you're going to get tired and then you're going to start standing in that way and then you're going to start sticking around those people. So don't walk that way and don't stand there. And that word stand means taking a position. Oh my goodness. Masks, no masks. Vaccine, no vaccine. Those are positions that we've taken, and we've missed God. And churches and believers have been divided. Families have been divided because we've been fighting over things when we haven't been bringing God into it. I'm not making political statements. What I'm making is a statement that says, get back to a life that's blessed. And a life that's blessed isn't a life that chases after things or stands in the way of sinners, those who do not know the Savior. And it is so easy, I have found, the moment you start walking in a direction and you get tired, you know what? You end up standing, and where you stand is actually in the way of those things that you're standing around. For instance, if I would like to walk down that aisle, I don't walk down this aisle. And if I stop, I'll stop in the situation, but I want to be over there, but I'm standing here. Because you stand where you walk. This, some of you might, going, might be saying, duh. Well, if you're saying duh, that means this week you're going to watch out where you're standing. And we take positions. We take positions that have nothing to do with God and his word. Why? Because we've been walking around people that have no concept of God in their life or in their world, and they're all about me. It's my story. Well, Well, just do what you feel like. You know what? I don't do what I feel like. I do what the Word says. You want to know what a sacrifice of praise is? A sacrifice of praise is when you don't feel like it. It's easy to praise when you feel like it. But when other things are going against you, are you prepared to offer a sacrifice of praise and say, you know what, I will give and I will submit and say this of you, even though I might be having, I don't quite see it as clearly as I'd like to. One of the challenges I had was worship. We would sing Miracle Maker, Promise Keeper. That is who you are. And I didn't see that. I didn't see it. And I had to determine that I will say it because that is who he is. And you may not see it the way you'd like to see it, But that doesn't change God. That changes me. And in those moments, I have to make a decision that I will sacrifice and worship. And it costs me something. 
but I will come and I will worship him. Why? Because there's a host in heaven that is worshiping him, and they're saying, get with it, David. Come on, you can do it. Life is so much bigger than what you live 70, 80, 90 years. Life is eternal, and I'm looking at it going, I've got a temporary mindset when there's a permanent future called eternity. And if you're not careful, you walk in the counsel of those and they have questions of God. How could he do this? I don't know, but I will trust him, I will believe him, and I will follow him. And he is the healer, by the way. Don't say God isn't just because you didn't get it. Some of you don't know how to fix a car, but you still get in the car, turn the key, and it starts. But when you have an accident or it doesn't start, what do you do? You call somebody who knows what to do about it. They tell you, you get back in there, you flip a couple switches, you turn the key, it starts again. You don't say, forget it, I'm never driving a car again. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I've figured it out, but I am saying I will trust him, love him, follow him, because he says, David, you are blessed. And I have found a conundrum because I can have depths of sadness and yet I can have heaps of joy and comfort at the same time. And what I've found is quite often when I am in those sadness moments, it's usually earthly. It's usually centered around me. But what I have found, and it doesn't mean that's bad, because there's depths of sadness. That also speaks to depth of relationship. Okay? So I'm not saying that's... But what I have found is I've assessed it, and usually it's about me. And then when I look and I say, I look at eternity, I go, wow. Okay. Winona's healed. She's whole. This morning, she had a cloud of witnesses around her, and she was saying, hey, guys, Solid Rock's about to start. And we sang that one song about all the saints and all the angels and all the elders dance before your throne. And I'm looking at it going, can you imagine at that moment what we were singing here what was happening in the heavenlies? Blessed is the man. He doesn't walk in the council. Point number two, you don't stand in the path of sinners. Yes. We do church a little different around here. I don't do church the way I grew up. It's a little raw. And it's, and by the way, I don't think this is permanent. 
I believe this is a season. A grieving, a season of mourning, a season of, of loss. But what we take out of these seasons is important. Because we will have seasons of joy, we will have seasons of gain, we will have seasons of abundance. This is not, I am not intending to stay in this condition the rest of my life, but I will have loss. But I will also have gain, I will have joy. I experience it daily, I do experience it. So we may do things a little different, but you know what, we're family. And what I have found when I've gotten around family, they give me permission just to be David. They give me permission to laugh. They give me permission to cry. They give me the permission to say things I don't even understand. And they don't say, David, what's the problem with you? They come usually and they come and hug me and they say, how are you doing? And that's what we are. This is a house of family. And I'm yelling at you this morning, so I'm sorry, but I've just been worked up. I've got two points. I've got one more to go. I've done two points. Don't walk in the counsel of ungodly. When you can't figure something out, get to the word. Don't walk in the ideas and philosophies of man. Because they're fruitless and they're terrible. And what happens is if you walk in that way, eventually you're going to stand in that way. And when you stand in that way, you're surrounded and you've taken positions that aren't godly. And then if you're not careful, you end up sitting in that place. And when you sit in that place, you become what they call a Monday morning quarterback. You figured it all out. Monday morning after the fact. They play the game Saturday, Sunday, but Monday you sit down and you say the quarterback should have done this, should have done that, and you become a critic instead of becoming someone who is compassionate and caring and loving and seeking God. And it's because you've walked in the counsel of the ungodly, because you stood in that way of sinners, that now you become and you sit in the seat of the scornful. And I've seen believers becoming scornful, and it is an ugly-looking thing. And because they didn't get what they wanted from God, they listened to somebody else. They developed their own ideas. They took positions, and pretty soon they became so bitter, they made websites all about the church that they grew up in because they didn't get what they wanted. I've seen it. It's called toxic. That's not how God sees you. He says you're blessed. He says, and I'll tell you how. Meditate delight and love my law it's real simple it's pretty hard but he says he he, he doesn't say hey i want you to be blessed but i'm not going to tell you any any way to do it he says i want you to be blessed and i'm going to tell you how he says if you want to be blessed delight yourself in the law of the lord and the law of the lord some translations refer to that as the one. Yeah. 
Jesus. And Jesus is the word, and the law of the Lord is in the word. So delight yourself in Jesus. Delight yourself in God. Delight yourself in his precepts, his instructions, his commandments, his rules, his regulations, his love. Delight yourself in his ways. Not only that, but in that way and in those precepts, meditate day and night. That word meditate, you know what it means? It means mumble. Have it so people around you go, what did you just say? Oh, I was just, mum- I was just mumbling s- s- Psalm 1. I'm going to meditate on your word. God, you are good. God, you're good. Oh, thank you, God. God, you're good. What did you just say? Meditate. Chew it over. Speak. I mean... I, I think we've, we've made meditation a bad thing, but what, when, what happens when we meditate on his word? It actually becomes part of us. Chew the cud, as some people would say. Take it, chew it. Think about it. Go over it. That is a blessed life. I just want you to see what happens because God doesn't leave some of these things without answers. He says, how blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water bringing forth his fruit in its season. And another one version says bringing forth his fruit in any season. In other words, God wants you to be blessed wherever you are. And where I am today, I am blessed. It might be painful, but I am blessed. In any and every place you are, God wants you to be blessed. I could have had a couple amens there. I'm not about a bless me club. I am talking about how God has his view of you, how he looks at you, and the position, provision, and blessing he has for you. I am out of time. Thank you for not saying amen. If you want a blessed life, delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Meditate on it. You'll be like a tree planted by the streams of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. And whatever he does prospers. I have this crazy notion, this crazy expectation, this uncanny feeling that whatever I do is going to prosper. I have this expectation that people around me are going to go, why is he doing and getting and being blessed and having good things when I'm doing the same thing and I'm not? Because he's not doing the same thing. I'm expecting it financially. 
I am expecting blessings financially because I am following his word, doing what his word says, and I believe and I expect that I will get better return on my investment, ROI, than other people will. That is my expectation. I'm going for greater than the 10% return. What if you don't get it? That's okay. Maybe I got 9%. Believe his word. And whatever you do prospers. Amen. I have this couple thoughts. Do I have a couple more minutes? Because what I've found is I used to have a mindset of thriving that almost made somebody who felt like he was surviving like they weren't doing anything right. And I preach that. And I'm sorry because I have found there have been days where I have been surviving. But what I have found is as I've been surviving, meditating, believing, looking at his law, what, and doing all of what he says, what I have found is I have been a tree planted by the streams and I have seen his blessing and his prosperity come to me and I have seen what I thought was surviving turned into what God says is thriving. Now, I don't believe that we have a mindset that all we want to do is hang on till Jesus comes. I'm barely making it through. That's, a, that's, that's not a way to live. That's a poor expectation of the king of kings. But I have found that life sometimes can throw you things that you didn't pick, you didn't choose, you didn't expect. And how you handle it in those moments will speak volumes of your days that follow. And so there have been seasons where I have felt like I have not thrived, but I've survived. But as I've looked back, I've realized that survival actually meant, has been a thriving. Thriving, thriving. I've never claimed to be good with my English. We're family here. That's a nice way of saying, it's okay, David. You're special. And I have seen in the word of God, there's moments where God says, you know what, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. You say, well, no, that's what the word of God says that. Keep meditating on his law day and night. Be planted Oh, but I don't get what I want. I'm going to go somewhere else. You know what? Stay where you are. I've gone to three churches in my life. And only one of them I had the choice to go to. The other two my parents took us to. But I'm 55 years old and I've only been in three churches my whole life. I've learned what it means to be planted. And I have seen people that haven't been planted, that haven't progressed Keep doing what you know God has told you to do. Keep doing his word. 
okay, I think I'm going to call it quits. That's, that's, yeah, just for this message, yeah. I'll go home and I'll load up the shotgun for next Sunday. God has called you blessed. God has called you blessed. I want to speak this blessing over you. This is something that I've, I just love and I feel so strong. This is something that God told Moses and Aaron to speak. And as a pastor who is concerned about your spiritual life, and I am responsible to feed and to lead and to direct, but he also says, David, not only that, but you are responsible to pour out the blessing. And if you follow this biblically, this is the Aaronic priesthood, Aaron, and it's a representation of Jesus. Jesus fulfilled this. So what happens is as I'm speaking this, what I am doing is I'm calling to remembrance God, his word, over you, his children. And so when he looks at you this week, I am believing that he'll look at you through the words that I have spoken over you as a spiritual representative, a spiritual father in this house. So I don't say this lightly. I say this very strongly. And I want you to grab on to these words because this is what God told his priesthood to say every time they left and they went somewhere. He said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. God, take your word, seal it on everyone's heart here today, and Lord, bless them in ways that they would never have thought possible this week so that you would receive the praise and the glory today. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Thank you for dealing with me and letting me go longer this morning.